Welcome to Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time, where we aim to break down barriers, demystify blindness, and promote real and lasting change. Join host David Steinmetz as he connects us with professionals who are making a positive impact in the community. These leaders help empower individuals who are blind or have other disabilities to live a full and inclusive life. Let's lean in as David kicks off today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time. I'm really excited for this episode, um, you know, this being RP Awareness or Low Vision Awareness Month. It's a great opportunity to spread the awareness of the capabilities of people who are blind in the workforce, contributions that we can bring, and not just work, but to the community and life and every conversation that we're able to have about this topic is an opportunity to change someone else's perspective. I've been thinking a lot about this, as especially also that I'm celebrating 19 years at Arizona Industries for the Blind, our, our sponsor this year. Yeah, thank you. On the fact that for most people, blindness is something that is very foreign to them and they don't feel that they would, quote, quote, handle becoming blind or acquiring blindness later in life. And I felt that way a lot too when I was kind of on that fence between the sighted world and the blind world. And it's because I didn't know what the true meaning and impact that blindness would have on my life. And it wasn't a negative impact. It's been a positive impact and the, the ability for me to have a career over 19 years and grow from frontline worker to executive team to, you know, just living my life the way I want to live it. And Arizona Industries Blind has been a big contribution to that in terms of financial independence, building large networks and having the opportunity to connect with great people like Karen Nowicki here in the studio behind the board, the big board today, and my special guest, Kendra Maples as well. And these connections all continue to just grow the awareness of blindness, awareness that people who are blind can bring their skills, talents, and, and contributions to the workforce and to the community. And so some of those things that have to happen, though, is, right, we have to change our mindset, We have, and which is always hard to do. And because we've grown up knowing what we know from our family, from uh, maybe religion or social norms. And sometimes when you have to question those norms or you see something that goes against those norms, it's different. And, and how do we react to that? So having these conversations today and as we go forward, hopefully we'll change and help you see the true meaning and true uh, life that you can live if you were to acquire blindness or any other disability, because disabilities does not discriminate. Anybody can join this club, whether, you know, gender, race, religion, anything, it is basically we, anybody can and probably know somebody that will acquire a disability. And so in order for these things to happen, we have to have a shift in culture. We have to have a shift in our business organization culture, in our society culture as well. And there's been that shift a lot, I think, coming from, you know, uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion movement to just being aware of uh, focusing on employees and focusing on your community. Are we representing our community in a way that is impactful? And before we get into it with, with Kendra here today, I, I came across the statistics that there 96% of US based organizations have a diversity equity inclusion plan but of that 96 only 4% have a plan for for hiring people with disabilities wow so we got a lot of work to do wow. and let's get right into it mm -hmm. um Kendra Maples is the president and uh, founder of Culture Crush Kendra, let's I do kind of a brief introduction before we get into things. Yeah, I'll do an introduction. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I first want to thank you for bringing me on. You mentioned connections and building community and and how it all connects with changing mindsets and and changing norms and and it's your intro right now was so beautiful because that that really is what has to happen. We are aware of the need for diversity and inclusion and accessibility 
more than we ever really wanted to acknowledge in the past. Mm -hmm. And so we can't hide from these statistics now, right? Like that 96% of companies that have a DEI plan, but only four, you said, that are actually implementing and and hiring folks with disabilities. There's a disconnect there, right? So I just, I love your intro. I'm so excited that I get to be here with you. I had the chance to have you on my show last year Mm -hmm. to bring in this conversation of disability and accessibility and inclusion. And so now this is fun. This is kind of our chance to do a a part two, which is really fun. So thank you. My business is called Culture Crush Business, and it is a hub for resources for improving and building thriving company cultures. A big part of that, right, is building thriving people. You have to put in the resources and the time and the effort to build your people and therefore build your culture. I, in the past, had the pleasure of working with a couple of companies that had a great company culture, and I've worked for some that did not. I still consider that, (laughs) now that I reflect, I consider that a good thing because I was able to take all of these things and put them in my toolbox And when I was in those positions, I was constantly looking for resources for building company culture, and there was no place out there. Hmm. And it was very different than like, you know, if you travel and you need a place to stay, you know to go to Airbnb. If you need a ride, you know to call Uber. You have these go-tos in your life. Mm -hmm. And when it came to company culture, there was no real place to go and Google and search. And then... Over time, I started a podcast that was focused all on company culture and bringing in all of these pieces, right, of mental health and disability and accessibility and leadership and professional development, all these pieces. Mm -hmm. And about a year into the podcast, other companies started to reach out to me for resources. And that's when it went, everything Mm -hmm. kind of clicked. And I went, Mm -hmm. oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. So that's where the company came from to to build all of this and put all of these resources in one place. And the the part to me that's just been so beautiful is now my passion and my purpose have finally aligned. Mm-hmm. And back to what your intro was about, right? The connection and, and changing mindsets, that has just been a huge transformation for me personally mm-hmm. over the last few years of building this business and getting to connect with people and and push the norms and have these conversations with amazing individuals like yourself. And so now we're really just building this community and having these conversations like what we're going to have today and how important and vital it is. It's not a time, we're no longer in a time where you just go to work, get a paycheck, go home. Mm -hmm. We understand all of the pieces and the components that are involved in that. And so that's, that's me. That's how I got here in this room with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it sounds like a wonderful journey, right? It's not just profession, but personal growth through that whole process too, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is sometimes we have to find out what, what, doesn't work what we don't want mm-hmm. uh, in order to find the things that we do want mm-hmm. and how do we focus on that and, and work towards obtaining those goals and sound like you've had some good places yeah. great places and, <laughs> and those that probably weren't so good so when we talk about culture right a lot of times it's i don't want to say it's the buzzword right just like dei and some yeah. other things right yeah. but but organizations maybe have a hard time defining what, mm-hmm. what culture is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned about, right, is about understanding your employees and providing tools to have those resources and so forth. Where, where are the, maybe between the, some of those good organizations, bad organizations in terms of under that understanding of what culture is. And mm. some people don't believe in it. Some people mm-hmm. uh, live by it. Where's that connection or disconnection? Yeah, because it can be that buzzword. It can be this fuzzy thing that no one can really put their mm-hmm. put their finger on. And and kind of like you said with DEI, right? It it gets to be this this buzzword. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said something about DEI to me, and I have asked, "Do you know what those initials stand for?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're kind of uh, 
It's just, it's this this acronym, this word, this buzzy thing that we hear and we go, oh, we have to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to company culture, so often people are attached to the things that you can see, right? The physical things. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have coffee. Oh, we have a lounge. Oh, we do. They buy us lunch on Tuesdays. Um, Those things companies tend to get caught up in. Mm -hmm. And for me, as I've been doing this work in this space of company culture, it's really the things that you're not seeing. It's the values. It's the trust. It's how you're supporting your people. It's how you're supporting your team. It's how you know your team. It's how you know that you have a team that includes a single mom who has to pick up her kiddo on Wednesdays because she gets out of work or out of school early. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that make up company culture is mm-hmm. is going beyond the things that you just see. Oftentimes I've been working with companies where those are the things that they want to show off, right? They want to toot their own Mm -hmm. horn about, oh, we have solar panels now. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool, that's great. You know, be green. And also (laughs) that person just went on a four-day bereavement leave. Like, mm, how how does that weigh together? Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, the culture is really, when you're really working on your company culture, it's these things that you're not seeing in sure. how the people and the team and everybody connect and trust and support each other. So if I'm hearing you right, more of the the value you have of your employee mm-hmm. um, rather than the things, right? You hear tech companies or, you know, these organizations is a like you know, we have a lounge we have mm-hmm. cornhole uh, you know set up in the back and you can go play cornhole and you know during lunch or whatever or you need to break from your desk go out and, and play foosball or whatever um, those are important right because some some they say that that is valuing me and gives me the opportunity to be creative but if you're looking at and saying case of bereavement, mm-hmm. um, you know, take the time that you need to take. Or mm-hmm. if you have to leave, you know, go ahead and leave. And, you know, as long as the job is getting done, I don't care how you do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at your people as people, as humans and looking at them as whole humans, not just you're showing up, you're here for eight hours and then you're leaving. And yeah, we have cornhole. It, it almost sounds like it's it's a, a kindergarten day, right? Mm-hmm. You go for your day at kindergarten, but guess what? We have blocks that you can play with in between lessons of the alphabet, mm-hmm. right? That's not what it is about anymore, right? It's looking at the whole person. And, right, I mentioned the bereavement just because that's come up recently mm-hmm. with a couple of different companies. Sure. Understanding, instead of being so caught up in, oh, we have this great bereavement plan. We're going to let you have a month. Okay, well, what happens when that person comes back after that month leave? Now you've given this them this month, but you've essentially said to them, okay, here's your one month to grieve. Mm-hmm. What happens when they come back and it's now the day that, you know, their, their parent passed away? Mm-hmm. Or what are the next steps, right? Sure. So understanding them as a person so that later on, like you said, hey, do you need to take a mental health day? Go mm-hmm. take a day. Be an adult. Do do what you got to do. Come back. Your job, we'll still have work for you mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it was interesting as you were saying that. I'm like, oh, it sounds like a kindergarten play day. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got ABCs and then yeah. cornhole. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. then you leave and go home and then we see you tomorrow at the right. same time. Yeah. Right. It's so different now, though. Yeah. And and do you think that the employees have those expectations that organizations are going to have that culture or is there a, a change in employee of what are you going to do for me versus, you know, back in the days of, you know, you roll up your sleeves, you go in, you do the grind and, oh. and you go home. Yeah. And um. now it's kind of seeing is there is there a shift in in society or in in work culture that is focusing differently absolutely karen has heard me say this in the past before i think of my dad 
my dad's career my entire life growing up as a kid. He worked as a frame technician and did body work on cars. Mm -hmm. My dad went to work, did his job, came home. We had food on the table, electricity, bills were paid. Mm -hmm. Never once did my dad ever come home and go, I felt so valued and, you know, seen at work today. That, that wasn't ever part of the conversation. My dad probably hated his job half of the time. Mm-hmm. I know he struggled through a lot of it, but he went to work, did his job, he came back. Mm-hmm. And now, over the last 10 to 15 years, there has been this shift. I think if I tried to create this company of mine 15 years ago, People would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> you want us to talk about mental health mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you want us to talk about inclusion. Nope, we're going to include you in going to work, doing your job and coming home. I would never have a business. But we have this shift. Mm-hmm. And I will say COVID, right, was a big part of that. Yeah. Especially, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Again, we talked about this a while ago when we had Blake in the conversation is COVID, everybody went home, mm-hmm. right? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it was like, oh, people can do their job at home. Mm-hmm. We can give them the technology and now they don't have to stress and struggle to get into the office each day. And right. so from the accessibility side of things and the inclusion side of things, supporting mm-hmm. people with disabilities, that was a very good thing. Absolutely. That came out of COVID. And so now we're on the other side of that. And to your point, right, with your question, people are much more observant and aware. And I think they just know that they don't really have to put up with kind of the, I guess, the BS, for lack of better terms. <laughs> right, right. Right? They don't, yeah. they don't really have to have to do that because They know they could find another job that supports them Mm -hmm. with a flexible schedule and Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they need. Uh, There very much has been this shift over the last 10 years, which in the space that I'm in and with where you are, right, talking about accessibility and Mm -hmm. supporting people with disabilities, like this is a beautiful space to be in because we can say, well, why can't they just be at home? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a great point, right? We we see growth in in employment for people with disabilities from working at home. Mm-hmm. It certainly eliminates a lot of barriers with this transportation. Yes, um, you know, the amount of time you spend on public transportation just mm-hmm. to get to work and get home. It kind of breaks down a lot of barriers that if it's not accessible to someone that uses other mobility aids and things like that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, it has made that an opportunity for growth and awareness, right? And Mm -hmm. that people were forced, or people meaning organizations, were forced to look at what the work days look like Mm -hmm. and really reevaluate, still may have that negative perception of working at home that, you know, you're at home, that means you're doing laundry or dishes or whatever else (laughs) versus being, you know, being productive. You're, You're more productive when you're at work than when you're not. And I think that there's been some studies that say just the opposite. Yeah. For people with disabilities, absolutely, it definitely levels, helps mm-hmm. level that playing field. Uh, we have to make sure that organizations continue to build the camaraderie because there's a lot to be said of coming into the office and having those, right, the connections that mm-hmm. we talk about is making sure that from a work from home perspective that, and even in on site, is that we are doing things to make sure that everybody's included, everybody mm-hmm. is feeling part of the organization mm-hmm. versus you're just, you know, a, a spoke in the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that in the space that you're in? Do you see more of these intentional opportunities to connect people if they are remote or if they are um, on site? I mean, I I walked around with you and I was fascinated by mm-hmm all the things that are put into place so that these individuals can have different disabilities and work and, and be there in person physically mm-hmm. when they, when you're talking with some of your guests, mm-hmm. do you see more intentionality behind the things that companies are doing to make it more 
accessible for somebody to be home and then also still stay connected with their teams? I don't see it more intentional. I mean, you think of type of work that customer service, mm-hmm. a great opportunity, right? And yeah. An industry where you're in a contact center or things like that can mm-hmm. certainly be done remotely. Different industries probably lend themselves better. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have, in in my industry, we have this big push about inclusion. Mm-hmm. And what does inclusion look like? And whether you're on-site working side-by-side with people without disabilities and people with disabilities, mm-hmm. is it more inclusive that way than it is to say someone that is sitting at home mm. that is working by themselves, that they're part of a team, are they still in that include? Are they still have that same level of interaction or inclusion mm-hmm. in that same space? So there's there's a big disparity between that and even in the disability community, the awareness or ability to have a consensus of does work at home really beneficial or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that until we continue to have these conversations and really evaluate, is this better? Are we doing things to include everybody? Are we making sure that David working remotely in, in Chandler is still involved in what's happening at headquarters in Phoenix and being part of the activities or the conversations mm-hmm. that are happening to ensure the success of that organization. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of a, a balance between yeah. that in, in our industry and in our community and definitely the mindset of how do we meet people where they are mm-hmm. and making sure that they have the resources and tools to be successful is, is crucial to making that success. And I don't think it's any different whether it's someone who's blind or somebody without a disability, right? You want to, you want to set them up for success, not failure. Yeah. It, it is very, it it doesn't have to be this copy and paste solution, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Again, it's looking at those unseen moments of how you support and take care of your team. And it doesn't have to be the same for every single person, right? It it may be a little case-by-case. Case. Inclusion to one person may mean having them on site, right? Working mm-hmm. side-by-side somebody else. Inclusion to somebody else might mean that their disability adds so many barriers just for them to find a way to work into the office where if they have a setup at home, they don't have to worry about just that maybe hour getting to work, how stressful it is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe for them, inclusion is having that set up at home, mm-hmm. working from home. Hey, maybe they are getting a load of laundry done in the middle of the day. I do, and I'm still way more productive at <laughs> home while doing laundry mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sweeping the floor if I'm on the phone. And so I, I think that's a really big piece of this direction that we're going in with culture and people and inclusion is that it 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 may not look the same for mm-hmm. two different people mm-hmm. depending on their needs and their ability or disability whatever it is right um and i was looking at stats the other day a billion people have a disability and this is like global right so mm-hmm. that's 15% and then just looking at the us 61 million adults have mm-hmm. some sort of disability. That's 26% of our adult population. Yep. And that could mean anything. Yep. It could be seen, unseen, physical, unphysical. Um, it could be so many different pieces. And so you you can't take that statistic and then copy and paste the same solution for everybody. Correct. Very true. And And what it sounds like to me is for organizations, it comes down to almost trusting in your employees, mm-hmm. right? Is is I believe in you yes. to do the job that you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. To that you've been hired to do, and allowing that person to be successful, not to I don't want to say micromanage, but in in yeah. the sense that they have to the managers and leadership has to trust in the people that they hire, mm-hmm. and in culture when we're talking about culture, organizational culture. Would you say that there's a lack, lack of trust or how do, how do we overcome that that fear? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think I would say there's a lack of trust. I think it goes back to what we were saying about culture and and trust and values and these these concepts that we talk about. You can't always attach data or metrics like, Mm -hmm. you know, the stats I just read. We don't necessarily have those stats, or at least we didn't in the past, based mm-hmm. around things like values and trust. Now, there's ways to collect that information now and in employee surveys and and asking people mm-hmm. how they feel. Do they feel trusted and valued? But even between two people, those, those meanings and those words are different. Mm-hmm. And so I think we are – we're getting into that space, but for so long it's been really hard – to pinpoint trust and values and feeling seen and and they're kind of these mm. fluffy cloud conversations mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. now we're finally able to put some information, some data, some metrics to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is a that is the piece. I mean, you nailed it. Is the the trust piece? You have to trust that they're not that kindergarten classroom, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> right? Right. That okay. So I do a load of laundry in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm still knocking out way more at my house by myself mm-hmm. than I would if I was in the office getting pulled in a thousand directions, mm. or you know that single mom that has to leave early on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are an early out release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Let her go be an adult, trust, right? That right. she's going to yeah. go get the kiddo, come back and finish what she needs to finish. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel like this is new though. Again, if I had this conversation with my right. dad yeah. 15 years ago, my dad would be like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, What's wrong well, with you, kid? Right. right? I mean, like, yeah. how does that factor into how yeah. many cars I fixed today? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that that's things that I see on a daily basis when I'm having conversations mm-hmm. and people have it in their, in their mindset that this is only one way, right? Someone who's blind, mm-hmm. uh, they have a picture of that in their mind or they do, you know, a, a relative that sat in their chair all day. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what blindness is. Yes. And just on the opposite side of people who are blind have to advocate and bring saying, I am a problem solver. I come up with the creative solutions. I've been doing it my entire life to be able to access technology or whatever it is, um, you know, just to get in front of you today. Yeah. And help that person see beyond what their own mindset is. And bringing that thought to the hiring manager or that um, owner of a business them having that shift mm-hmm. and believing and trusting that the person who's here is going to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of times that big disconnect and, you know, people will ask me, Dave, what, what's the aha moment? And I can tell you that, you know, people who are blind are running CNC machines or they're doctors or lawyers or, or whatever else. But until you actually hire somebody, bring somebody and give them the tools to be successful. Mm-hmm. That's the aha moment when you're when they're sitting down and doing the job. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's easy to talk about it. It's harder yeah. to, to do it. And that's why this conversation is so, so important. And when we talk about diversity, it's so important. We're not just talking about diversity, male, female, what color you are. That's not what we're talking about. Like you mm-hmm. said, with disabilities, it doesn't care. Right. <laughs> it's going for everybody, very inclusive. And this conversation is so vital and so important because there are those people that maybe they haven't had the chance to interact with somebody who has a particular disability or in this conversation, um, blindness, right? They have this kind of maybe movie thing stuck in their head of mm-hmm. what they saw a long time ago, somebody with a cane. And and now, like you're saying, I mean, everyone's doing every different job right. and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had that conversation with Blake a little while ago and Blake was telling me he was mountain biking, I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. Right. Yep. And I, I said, I... I can see legally what's happening in front of me and I won't do what you're doing. And he just flat out goes, that's the problem. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that, <laughs> that struck to the core, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I am so thankful because I am in this space and having these conversations and even the work that I did before I worked with veterans for a long time in that space of seeing mm-hmm. right disabilities that are physical and non-physical. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know, you don't see right. it. Right. And so from that point to now, right, continuing these conversations, I have put myself in this space to have these conversations and to learn. And thankfully, I have people like you who I can ask the questions to and I can say, <laughs> What do you think about this? Should mm-hmm. I do this? Should I not do this? Or mm-hmm. even my event that you were at, that you spoke at, you came. And then Steve, a good friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, Steve had a stroke about 10 years ago and lost mobility in half of his body. And he's in a wheelchair. And and this this man's all over the place, too. And so I, I was able to openly ask both of you, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, is is this setup okay? Should I move this table? Mm-hmm. Is this more accessible? And I am honored, though, because I have individuals like you guys in my life to to openly ask these questions to. And, and you know it's coming from a place of sincerity, and I want right. to learn, and I want to support you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and I say all of this because I know that there are still people out there who don't have that diverse community to talk to and to have these conversations with. And that's why this show and what you're doing is so important so that if people are at home and maybe they've never interacted with someone, I mean, they've interacted with someone with a disability. They just didn't know it, right? Right. Yep. Um, They can listen and be part of these conversations Mm -hmm. and and learn. That's Yeah how we're going to learn from each other. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that's where my show came out of, right? Yeah. Is having that conversation, one one conversation at a time. And just for, as much as for me to learn about the things that, that people like you are doing in, in terms yeah. of culture and how do we change, right? We talked at the beginning, oh, you know, I don't want to make it, quote, fluffy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Work is work is work. And we have to, yeah. like you said, treat everybody like adults. Mm-hmm. And meet people where they are if if you need to take time off to go or like for my case if bus breaks down or doesn't show up or whatever and i show up late for work we understand Mm -hmm. the circumstance that's happening and it's beyond beyond your control Mm -hmm. and can we be more flexible in our attendance programs Versus say, well, you were late five times or whatever it is, and and we're going to have to let you go. Mm-hmm. Is understanding what what people are, and I have to learn those things as well. Is uh, I can't walk in with a chip on my shoulder saying I expect you to do X, Y, Z. For me, I have to be able to educate. I have to be able to understand what your organization is mm-hmm. and what you're about. Make sure that I can meet those expectations. Mm-hmm help you the or the company understand what my needs are and then we're both on a win-win situation yeah can i ask you a question on that yeah <laughs> how if you have somebody that maybe is new in this space of learning how to maneuver through having a disability and advocating for themselves mm-hmm. right mm-hmm how how do they start? Like, how do you encourage them to start to figure out those ways to advocate for themselves, especially if it's something that's newer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ending up having a wheelchair or a lot of the folks I've worked with in the past, all of a sudden one day you have a prosthetic leg and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, physical. Sure. But then the non physical ones, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. do you encourage them to start when it's something newer to advocate for themselves? That's a great question. I'll speak for myself. And a lot of it came for for me was through acceptance of my disability, mm. right? So there was the typical grieving process, right? Why me? Mm-hmm. Uh, denial, uh, anger, and hope, and then you know, acceptance. When I got to a point where I accepted the fact that 
I can't see, right? And, and doesn't mean that I can't do. Mm. From that point, it made it much easier for me to go in and have a conversation with an, an employer or someone in the community. And, you know, I did a lot of education in elementary school and middle schools of, of disabilities to be able to know what's right for you, have the tools to go in and demonstrate that you're capable of doing the job, for example, or to say that, you know what, I really want to go to this coffee shop, but there's no wheelchair ramp for me to get into the store. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had to do that in, in the, the coffee shop by my house. They kind of remodeled and changed the access to the building so from the street. And so basically there used to be a sidewalk that wrapped around. That sidewalk ended and dumped into the parking lot. And I was like, well, I really want to go get my coffee, but it's really <laughs> dangerous for me to be walking yeah. through the middle of a parking lot. So I reached out to the city and I said, you know, here's the situation. I really want to go here. And I, but, you know, this changed. Mm-hmm. What does it need to be done to make it more accessible? Mm-hmm. And I met the, you know, the city planners out there and we had conversations and uh, they extended the sidewalk and made it more accessible. And so it, I think it started one, one being comfortable enough to say that this is important to me. And two is to do your research. And then three is to, to push yourself out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's hard for people to, if you're interviewing for a job, to disclose that you have a disability mm-hmm. because someone's going to look at you differently right off the bat. You're, you're, yeah. And so you have to advocate. You have to promote yourself just like anybody else does in a job interview is promote your, your talents and mm-hmm. your uh, skill set to knowledge of that job or that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all that is part of the advocacy and, and just sharing for me, sharing my story mm-hmm. is I think the biggest way for me to advocate for uh, people who are blind. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And especially like you said, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. There's a, a grieving and an anger step in there that you have to mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. past and then, like you said, just sharing your story, that's how that's how others are, are going to learn. Um, that's how we're going to understand. And then it allows everyone to support each other, right? Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. it's not just you advocating for yourself. It's everybody else advocating for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, each other, right? right? So mm-hmm. then somebody like me that is walking into a coffee shop, maybe doesn't need the ramp. I have so many individuals in my life now. I'm very observant to things like that that Mm -hmm. you're seeing now of like, huh. Um, And especially knowing Steve, right? All of these, all of these tables are really high. Mm -hmm. Where would he sit with his wheelchair? Like now I get to be an advocate, Mm -hmm. but it starts with learning how to advocate for yourself Mm-hmm. And then you just get to build this this community and this tribe. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's because you had that that opportunity to engage and become aware of, mm-hmm. of certain situations. I can't tell you how many times people say, Oh, it's over there. Right. And, and just in daily conversation, and I'm looking for something, a business, and they say, Oh, yeah, just it's over there. I have to stop and think and go, okay, I'm standing here with my guide dog. <laughs> That's not a clue. I got sunglasses on. That doesn't mean anything, right? Okay. So can you explain to me what over there means? Yeah. And they said, well, just across the street. Okay. Well, across streets is better. So if I cross the street to the left or to the right. And so it's having that opportunity to engage in. And it's not that you have to necessarily say, I'm going to go out and, and, the next person with a disability, I'm going to run up and ask, mm-hmm. right? It's seeking out opportunity. If you, as I said, begin show, we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And in order, this kind of ties back into the culture is if we're going to build this organization, then we should educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in order to educate ourselves, I'm going to find some experts in this field. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of nonprofits like Arizona Institute for the Blind 
that's a, a role model for employers. Uh, we just had a group that had a conference here in town. It was women in textile, and they had their national conference here. Uh, they came and took a tour of what we're doing, and you know, although we're not doing cut and sew type operations, you know, as a third party logistics provider, uh, it's the kind of same production type mindset. Mm-hmm. Is look at the possibilities, not the impossibilities. Ask the questions how, then you can take that knowledge back to your organization and have conversations with other nonprofits in your area to make this work, mm-hmm. right? And you said it perfectly. We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're not introduced to whatever the topic, right? It mm-hmm. could be this topic of accessibility and inclusion and disabilities. It could be, I don't know, forensic studies. It could be chemistry, whatever the topic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what you what you don't know if you're not in that space mm-hmm. to gain that information. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, in this space, I was working with a company a little bit ago and they, one of their initiatives, again, they, this tag of like, oh, we got to work on DEI. <laughs> I'm like, okay, why? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So we did some deep dive and figured out kind of where it was coming from. And so they wanted to have some of these layers that were a little more accessible. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the very first thing, and I'm not a marketing person, but the very first thing I knew to ask was looking at their social media. I'm like, oh, you don't have the alt text. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a marketing person. And they were like, what's that? I'm like, oh, well, that's step one then. <laughs> right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. But again, they didn't, they had no idea. There was no one in their team to start to introduce them to these steps of right. the technology that we have now to implement into our websites and our social media mm-hmm. and the way that your screen readers work and, and all of that. I'm just new understanding and learning in this space, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so I, I just got to be able to go, okay, well, step one. <laughs> and now let's find somebody who's the expert in that space. Now that you know that this is a direction that needs improvement mm-hmm. to actually go in and make sure your website is accessible mm-hmm. and there's alt text and things like that, that I didn't know a year ago. Mm-hmm. And and now I get to, again, I get to be an advocate and start to have these conversations and then Absolutely. introduce to the experts in the spaces that can actually then take the next steps of whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. the sidewalk outside of the coffee shop mm-hmm. or alt text on a social media post, right? Absolutely. It's, it's everywhere, the little things that we can start to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from Culture Crush perspective and, and your perspective in terms of where does an organization, you, you say, you know, people call you and say, hey, we want to improve our, our culture. We want to have a, a DEI initiative. And you say, well, what does that mean? They don't know. What, what Where do you go with that? Or what are your next steps in terms of if somebody says, well, I want to learn more about this or we want to implement this yeah. kind of strategy? There's a couple of different ways that companies will find us and that we can start to help. Usually it will start with some situation, something that's happening in the workplace. Maybe they already have a pretty good culture that they're working on, um, but there's some situation, right? The bereavement I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I mentioned that because that was the situation with one particular company. Sure. The CEO came to me and said, hey, we really need some mental health resources. Okay. Okay. That's really broad. What's going on? So we deep dive to mm-hmm. really figure out the situation. Well, the situation in their case was they had a team of 17 people. About seven had somebody close to them pass away within one year, mm. a parent, a sibling, or a child. That was the the thing, right? The situation mm-hmm. that we needed to figure out because that's different than just sharing mental health resources with their staff. We needed to figure out what's the situation. Now, how do we support their team as a whole 
knowing that there's there's grief and they're going to have to maybe have some mental health days or can they take a grief retreat? All of these things, right? We mm. needed to figure out what the situation was. And so in a lot of cases with DEI, that's what comes up. They come to us and they're like, we need DEI. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's coming from your board that you need to add some diversity. I look at their board of directors and they're all white men. I'm like, cool, that's great. And also, let's learn about the board and let's mm-hmm. add some other diversity in there. Sure. And so that's how some of the companies mm-hmm. will come to us is there's some situation, something. And then we get to deep dive. And when we deep dive, we look at it from a very whole perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just the board, right? It's more than just, I need some mental health resources. Mm-hmm. Another one that companies have come to us lately about is communication. We need to build communication. Okay. Mm. Again, where is it coming from? And sometimes we deep dive and we we figure out, oh, it's actually in your processes. How are you supposed to communicate with each other if some of the team is texting, some of the team is posting on Slack, some of the team is emailing, mm. and there's no consistency mm-hmm. in the actual process of communication, right? So mm-hmm. we get to deep dive when there's situations like that and really look big picture and figure out, okay, what are the pieces? Mm-hmm. And then the beautiful part is that I don't have to be the expert <laughs> in all of these areas, right? right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love being able to find new resources and new partners. So if there is that conversation of, right, accessibility, disabilities, I can loop you into the conversation mm-hmm. as the expert into that. I don't have to be. Right. So that's kind of one of the ways that companies mm-hmm. will come to us. And then the other way is through our community. We're, we're building our community events. So that's beautiful because mm-hmm. people can go and then just be introduced to different resources that they had no idea were out, were right. even in existence. There's a lot of companies that support culture in different ways that you would never even think to search for. You mm-hmm. would never Google half of the partners we have because they're so unique. And so building these community events is really great because I get to introduce everybody to resources that they Mm -hmm. walk away going, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful part Mm -hmm. because it's just like these conversations. Yeah. They didn't know what they didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's interesting in the fact that what is it that's kicking this off, right? You're you're asking the why. Mm -hmm. Usually, like I said, it's, because there was an incident or some form of something triggered it. It's it's not a, someone sat down one day and said, we need to do this Mm -hmm. and we're going to do it Mm -hmm. um, just because. Yeah. Because they, they realize that there's a gap or there's, they're seeing a pattern or whatever it is. And, and it sounds like it's more than just saying, well, we've got a EAP, right? Employee assistant program Mm -hmm. and sending out an email saying, Hey, if you need it, it's here. It's, more than just that. Yeah. It's having a conversation with those people. Again, understanding wh- where they're coming from and what their needs are. And then mm-hmm. how does the organization support that? Yeah. And looking at it from the whole perspective, mm-hmm. not just what we used to think of company culture, mm-hmm. right? As the cornhole and the lunches and mm-hmm. the coffee. Looking at it from the angles of how do you support the growth of your team with professional and, Mm -hmm. you know, leadership development, um, all the way to how are you onboarding? How are you Mm -hmm. offboarding? And, and all of those pieces. Um, so that there's another way that companies will come to us and, and we'll go in and do an assessment so that we can find, maybe they have a really great company culture, but they just want to figure out the resources to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And we can go in and we can do a full assessment too to see, okay, you're great. And also how can we improve, right? Mm -hmm. Your Mm -hmm. car's running really well, but maybe we should change the oil. Your Mm -hmm. check engine light hasn't come on yet. Mm -hmm. Let's catch it before it does right? and work on some things. Awesome. Yeah. I I love that because it's almost like, 
when I think of it from a coming from a production or manufacturing background, right, is we're looking at the entire system. Yes. You know, and I've had people on uh, guests on my show about lean and and things like that. Is right. We're we're looking at. You may not be getting the production out of that machine that you look that you expected. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at all the things before it and all the things after that machine mm-hmm. that could be impacting that that machine to reach its full capacity. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like through Culture Crush and and your resource and team that you bring to the table, mm-hmm. it's not just you've got a problem here. Let's look at what is happening upstream and downstream as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really beautiful way to say it. That's cool. Yeah. If somebody is interested in in connecting with Culture Crush and you, how do they do that? I'm all over LinkedIn, so you can find me, Kendra Maples, plural, like multiple maple trees. Um, I'm all over. And then Culture Crush Business. So we do a lot of posting resources on LinkedIn, and then culturecrushbusiness.com is the website. So that has our community events right now. They're just in Arizona. But the next location that we'll do in-person events, we're looking at Denver and San Diego as our next locations. But yeah, we're out there on the, awesome. on the LinkedIn world <laughs> the most. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And I just want to thank you. Uh, you know, we've met prior and then I was on your show and I just continued to learn so much from you and love your enthusiasm, your passion for change and making the world a better place for everybody. And so I want to, I want to thank you for that. And I think it just continues to go with my mantra about how with the right training, right technology and right attitude, uh, people who are blind can be successful in the workplace. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that we get to have these conversations and that I, I get to have you in my sphere to, to learn from and and I get to continue to learn and then become a better advocate um, for everybody in different abilities and disabilities and spaces. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Changing the Perception of Blindness, one conversation at a time with your host, David Steinmetz. Be sure to subscribe to Changing the Perception of Blindness, one conversation at a time on your favorite podcast platform. And tune in live on Phoenix Business Radio X every third Friday at 9 a.m. We hope you feel inspired by today's conversation. And maybe we've even sparked a new idea or opportunity. 